And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own? Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Friday, June 25th, about to enter the last weekend of June. I can't even believe I'm saying that. It's just shocking. Today, yesterday we had the GDP. Today, we have personal income and spending. I love that. You know why, Mark? I want to see what the savings rate is. You know, the, for, we forget this. The savings rate last year was over 30%. There is an estimated $2 trillion in excess savings that's sloshing around U.S. consumers' accounts. And Mark, they're ready to spend it. So let's find out if they've started spending it or not. We'll find out today. And if you are planning to spend some money, what's your what's your second half splurge? What are you thinking about in terms of a little gift you're going to give yourself or your family. Mark, what are you going to do in terms of your second half splurge? Oh, Mark bought himself. I see. I didn't wait for a second half splurge. I did it during the pandemic. He bought the Bowflex dumbbells. These are the best. I'm just going to say this. No, Bowflex is not a sponsor of the show. But I just want to tell you that these are like the best invention ever. You essentially have, they're a little clunky, but you can adjust the weight of the dumbbells and it goes up to like 52 and a half pounds each. And it starts, I think at five or maybe seven and a half pounds. Anyway, fantastic, wholehearted endorsement. And I think they're amazing. How, what's the delivery date on those? 
oh my God, you're getting it so soon. This is exciting. I had to like, you know, beg, borrow and steal to get them delivered amid the pandemic. But total game changer. Mark's going to get buff again. He was buff for a while. And then you got a little bit of the flabby uh, COVID body, huh? Yeah. She's uh, she's listening to that. How does that body look, Amanda? It's so true. I mean, buff is maybe overstating it. But there, you were, there was a while where you were running and playing hockey. You were very much in shape. Those are way over. All right. Let's go and do some emails right now. This is uh, from Aaron, who writes, thanks for all you do. I've learned so much for you in the last six months since I discovered your podcast. My wife and I are in our mid-40s, and I'm the sole breadwinner. From my first job out of college making $18,000, and with a ton of grit and hopefully some grace, I've surprised even myself. And check this out, Mark. He makes close to $400,000 a year. That's amazing. We've got two kids, one in college, one heading there in a year. We've saved enough in 529s, et cetera, plus my income. So we'll be able to cover college. Okay. Mortgage of $500,000. We refinanced last year. House is worth about a million dollars. No other debt. Emergency fund, wills, et cetera, also in good shape. We also have a brokerage account with about $150,000. I contribute $19,500 to the retirement account. His wife does $6,000 in her IRA plus funds from my employer. Total retirement savings, $1.1 million. That's a darn good number. Part of my challenge is that I grew up without strong financial role models or mentors. So figuring this stuff out mostly on my own. For example, I never knew until recently about the difference between a Roth and a traditional IRA. That means all but 50 grand of our retirement savings is pre-tax. And for many years, saving on those taxes was huge. I'm nervous about the big tax bill coming when I do retire, not to mention the required minimum distributions. I've thought about moving some into a backdoor Roth and paying the taxes now, or at least paying the taxes on new retirement contributions through the Roth option with my employer, but I'm still in a very high tax bracket. So it doesn't seem smart. Even if I do qualify, should I just keep things pre-tax or bite the bullet and pay the tax now? Your advice and wisdom are welcome. Okay, Aaron, let's talk about this for a second. You are in a high tax bracket. There's no doubt about that. So married filing jointly, $400,000, 32% tax bracket. I don't know. Mark, I'm thinking he should, I think, start doing Roth. What do you think? I know. Mark says, bite hard on the bullet. Here's why. You are in 32%. It is a high tax bracket. But, you know, if you just, and I don't think you even have to convert anything. I don't know if you have to burn up your money. But, like, how about for right now, you're in your mid-40s. You're making a bunch of money. You'll be able to start cranking. You'll get a bunch of money that's already been taxed. And that way you're hedging your bets, so that some of the money has already been taxed and some of the money has not been taxed. And so I would just start fresh with the new contributions being in the Roth 401k. That's that's what I think. Bite the bullet, but don't convert. I don't think you do need to convert. I really don't because I, you don't have tons of money in um, non-retirement assets. You got probably 20 years before you, you know, and you'll get a lot of money in there. So go forth. Okay. Uh, all right. Wow. This is long. SJ. Here we go. SJ says, I have a question. 
I currently have a company car. My company announced they're moving to a fixed or adjusted rate program. I will get a $7,500 buyout and then $487.15 for business miles. All this will be taxed. If I drive more than 5,000 business miles, no taxes on the mileage. Okay. Also, the car can be no older than five years old. My husband and I also have a 2008 SUV with over 200,000 miles, and we knew we'd have to buy a new one in the next year or so. Question, how should we go about doing this? My thought was to save for a down payment to replace our personal car and use the buy-up monthly allowance to buy whatever fits in the budget. But we've also thought about leasing. We're 44. We make 275 grand base salary, up to 30000 in potential bonus annually he or she is getting $15,000 bonus, expecting that in a couple of weeks, no consumer debt, $680,000 in retirement savings, 350 grand in equity between primary home and two rentals, 60 grand in 529 and a pension with a former job. What I would do is, I don't know how much you drive in terms of the company car, to lease it, you have to make sure you don't get hosed on driving too many miles. So that's number one. I, I think the first thing I would do is just buy the car you want for your family. You obviously just buy a brand new car. Don't worry about it. Buy that car and own it because you have a car with 200,000 miles. You obviously drive your cars to death. So do that and then figure out the company car and don't go crazy and, and you know, whatever. I don't really think you need to worry too much. You have 50 grand in cash reserves. Buy the car for yourself, and if it's easier to have a lease for the company car just because tracking-wise it makes more sense, fine, but don't worry about it. Okay, this is from, let's change her name, uh, Wanda. Uh, I always want to use that name. Wanda's subject is maybe the most frequently asked question, can I retire? Wanda writes, I'm 72. I'd like to retire now. I'm afraid I won't have enough money. This is like your age-old problem. Let's see what you got, Wanda. She's 72. About 100000 in a Roth IRA, 25000 in a traditional IRA, another 100000 in a traditional IRA that's an annuity that's paying out $500 per month forever, $140,000 in mutual funds, 8500 in an inherited traditional IRA, forty grand in a money market. Just paid cash for a new car. It's worth 28000 I own my townhouse outright. It's worth 180000 My social security is... $2,500 a month between that and the $500 for the annuity. I have enough money to live on monthly. That's great. Not counting vacations. I'd like to be able to draw uh, about 10 or 12 grand a year from my investments. I also have a long-term care policy. What do you think? Mark, you think that Wanda can do it at age 72? I think she's good too. Go retire. Okay. All right. Uh, this is from Neil. Um, and Neil is a longtime listener since my days back on the 404, that old, beautiful, wonderful CNET podcast that I love. Neil's part of a large sports club, and one of the members recently was diagnosed with stage three cancer. Oh, gosh. Person's in the early 30s, just got out of medical school about two years ago. And she and spouse have a really beautiful child just under a year old. Our club wants to do a fundraiser, and I anticipate we should raise somewhere in the range of nine or $10,000. After discussing with our board of directors, one of the concerns is the reality that roughly half of cancer patients 
end up having to declare bankruptcy. Oh my God. And that number is probably worse for young people who have not yet amassed savings. We don't want to throw money at debt that will be canceled anyway. We had discussed a donation to a cancer-related charity. The consensus is that seems so impersonal. Another option, create a 529 plan with a child as the beneficiary, um, while some club member remains the account holder to avoid it being part of any bankruptcy proceeding. Alternatively, we could just donate the cash directly and hope for the best. Looking for your advice on what might be the best way to proceed and any other ideas you might have that you or your listeners might have. Okay, here's what I would do. I think that when somebody is in this situation, first of all, stage three is horrible and I don't know what kind of cancer it is, but we are not talking about somebody who is being diagnosed with end stage cancer and is about to die. So let's now flip this and say, okay, Neil, what can you do to make these people's lives better? You know what I would do? I would just use nine or $10,000 that you raise and just send them a couple of meals every week and do that and see how long the money lasts. What do you think, Mark, just to make their lives better? You can raise the money. You can set it up with maybe some couple of different restaurants. It's a nice way to just say like, let's do something nice for them. And I don't know the the details of this family's financial situation or the family members they have that could be helping out, but that's just a nice thing to do. As somebody who has lived through a stage three cancer diagnosis for somebody in their lives, I didn't have it, but my former spouse did. I can tell you that those little things that just make your life easier mean a lot. Unless there's a, a burning need to help them with some specific treatment. Maybe it's a ride share. Maybe it's like you throw a bunch of money and say like, we're going to pay for Ubers back and forth for treatments or what have you. I think that might make their lives better. Uh, Janae writes, subject, fine. I just thought it would be a great little inside joke when someone asks you, how are you? And you reply with a smile and a wink, fine. Fine now has a whole new meaning. That's right, baby. Financial independence, new endeavor. I like that. Really like that. All right. If you have a financial question, if you have some sort of weird, uh, strange thing going on in your life, maybe it's a, you know, you want to make a charitable contribution or what have you, send us an email. It's askjill at jillonmoney.com. Askjill at jillonmoney.com. Don't forget to leave us a rating or a review. I'm not sure exactly how it helps, but it definitely helps. Uh, our music is composed by friend of the pod, Joel Goodman. Joel Goodman, where are you? Haven't heard from you in a million years. Mark Talercio is our executive producer. We're distributed by Cadence 13. We'd like to remind you to please do something nice for someone else today. That is always a part of our hope for you. Practice our mantra of 2021, grit, growth, grace. We will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening.